श्रीमते भक्ति नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषाशून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैत गदाधरा श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद नमो महावदन्या कृष्ण प्रेम प्रदाते कृष्णा कृष्ण चैतन्य Family members, Swajanam, 
I don't want to kill them. I don't want to fight. Another reason why he's saying not to fight is enjoyment. If I win this whole war and I also become the king, what is the use of becoming the king and acquire this whole big kingdom, Trilokia, if I cannot enjoy with my family members because they'll all be killed? So why should I actually kill them in the war and I don't want to have such enjoyment? So he has covered these two reasons and now in the next shloka, in the 35th shloka, he is actually going to present a very very interesting thing and why he is not going to fight is mentioned here in the 36th shloka. We have already covered 35th shloka. So let us start 36th shloka today and very very interesting. Papam eva shayatasma Advaita natatayna Tasman narhavayamantum Tatarashtran subandavan Swajanam hikatam hatva Sukinaha kyamamadava Please repeat the translation Sin will overcome us if we slay such aggressors. Therefore, it is not proper for us to kill the sons of Dhritarashtra and our friends. What should we gain, O Krishna? husband of the goddess of fortune and how could we be happy by killing our own kinsmen thank you great fantastic so here papam eva shayat asman so here arjuna is saying oh krishna these are all our people. But if we kill such people, then Papa, sinful reaction will come upon us. And what will happen if we acquire this Papa? Then we have to see the hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to acquire this Papa killing such aggressors. So this Atatainaha. I had explained to you that how there are six types of aggressors one who kidnaps the wife, one who kidnaps, uh, one who actually uh, takes the property of someone else, one who gives poison. So, all such uh, aggressors we had discussed in the previous session. So, here, so why should we kill this ordinary aggressors who are our own family members? It is not good to kill our own family members because killing family members is very sinful according to the Shastras. So now there are different types of Shastras. There is Artha Shastra, there is Dharma Shastra. So they, different Shastras, they have different prominence. 
in particular like arthashastra it is said okay no problem if such aggressors should be just killed they should not be uh, given any mercy they should not be shown any mercy that is how it is being told and now how can we kill such people and on the contrary in the dharma shastra it is said that no we should forgive we should learn how to forgive people we should not actually be very aggressive and kill these people so it should be left out and especially when they are our own family members so arjuna is completely overcome now by compassion and here very beautifully prabhupada also is explaining in the purport he is saying see when there is an aggressor who is an enemy just like lord rama when he killed ravana Ravana had actually kidnapped the wife of Rama, Mother Sita, and he had to be killed. He was an aggressor, and that is justified. But here, in case of Arjuna, the people with whom he is fighting is not enemies, but his own family members, and that is why that Gandwa is there in his heart right now. So, in his consciousness, in his mind, there is that duality. What should I do? There is confusion because it's not so easy to kill our own family members. and all the way another very interesting thing what arjuna is trying to say here is arjuna is saying that after all we have to be saintly in nature and people who are saintly in nature we are supposed to forgive let us forgive these people and not kill them so that is what arjuna is saying let us have this attitude of forgiveness and let's not to tit for tat generally we are very uh, happy to do this tit and tit for tat you know what day to day um, uh, meetings and day to day interactions with people if somebody offends us forget about war if simply somebody tells us something which is inappropriate we feel offended and we want to immediately justify certain thing and we also want to do tit for tat and we immediately try to uh, begin uh, fault finding we are constantly looking oh what is this person doing for which is the fault in him what is the fault in him we are constantly looking for faults in people so here arjuna is thinking we are all saintly people why should i fight with this people especially who are my relatives and he is very nicely calling out the name here he is saying oh madhava he is taking the word krishna's name as madhava madhava means the husband of the goddess of fortune lakshmi lakshmi devi is the goddess of fortune and madhava is happens to be the husband of mother lakshmi so she is all good fortune so arjuna is saying by killing our own people oh madhava we are actually trying to bring misfortune to our own selves which is not good so why should we attract misfortune of course there is no such misfortune on the side of arjuna because krishna himself is on the side of the pandavas so definitely there is no question of misfortune on the side of arjuna but here he is worried papa sinful reaction will come upon us so let's not kill these people atatainaha let's forgive them so that is the third reason what arjuna is giving and that is papa sinful reaction that we may go to hell यद्यपे तेन पश्यन्ति 
लोगो पहत चेत सहाद्रोहे चातक
actually greed this word itself many people don't like don't want to talk about greed but if you see everything else the advertisements and everything in this world they glamorize greed they think that greed must be there many people say if there is no greed what is the motivation for me to go and work many people say many youngsters especially those who are working in the software companies and uh, in the corporate sector they think that why should i work so hard and i am working hard it is important for me to be greedy because if there is no greed then there is no motivation for me to work many people think like that so uh, there were two friends so these two friends they generally used to uh, meet on the weekend and they used to go for morning morning walk so these two friends on uh, one such uh, weekend they were together and one of the friend he saw that other friend was very morose so friend number a saw friend number b b was very morose so he asked hey what happened my friend why are you so morose today and this friend b said uh, actually uh, just this week uh, my grandfather passed away and uh, he has left 50 lakh rupees as inheritance for me so friend a thought oh it's so sad you lost your grandfather but you got 50 lakh rupees as inheritance no problem great next week they again meet and this friend b is morose again he is thinking the friend a was now again curious hey my friend what happened to you why are you morose again then uh, this friend b said uh, actually this week my grandmother passed away and uh, she has given me she has left about 75 lakh rupees as inheritance for me now this friend a was thinking oh guys this fellow is really very lucky he's getting so much money ha ah, but anyway it's very unfortunate that you lost your uh, grandmother also very bad very sad next weekend they again meet and this time the friend b is again morose now this friend a was thinking my god what happened why are you still morose this time this friend b said actually uh, this week one of my uncles passed away and he left 1 crore rupees as inheritance as inheritance for me now this friend a was thinking this guy is amazing he is like his destiny is really favoring him to the greatest extent he is the greatest very lucky fellow in this whole world this is how he was thinking and what happens is after this week they again meet the next weekend this time this friend b is again morose now friend a was very curious and he wanted to ask hey what happened why are you still morose and this friend b said this week no one has died this week no one has died i hope you got the point this is the nature of greed this is the nature of greed no matter how much you get you always want more and more and more and more 
so there is no end to greed uh, and gets his food an uh, elephant in africa gets his food they are totally happy they are just satisfied with the need but human beings no they want more this is very peculiar nature in humans you keep one bag of grains on the street the bird will come they will take few grains the rat will come they will take few grains but a human being sees the bag he will pick up the whole bag and he will run away so that is the nature of greed and that's exactly what is happening to duryodhana also he is so overpowered by greed that he is completely blinded he is not able to see that yes this pandavas are mine they are my brothers so this loba is blinding it completely blinds us uh, my dear devotees i just want to mention here there is when we get overpowered by greed we don't mind killing our own people a very shocking incident i read few years ago in las vegas there is this hospital called the sunrise hospital and it was found that in this sunrise hospital there were many terminally ill patients dying much before than expected all of a sudden they used to die and when the investigation was done to the shock and horror they found out that some of the nurses in the hospital they were gambling they were gambling on the patients can you imagine they were gambling on the patient which patient will go which patient will die early bed number 5 he will die today bed number 7 he will die tomorrow and they used to gamble on them gambling is one of the symptom of greed when a person is having greed within him he goes he takes up to gambling and the nurses in the hospital were gambling on the patient and when they found that yes this particular patient is not dying and i'm going to lose the bet they used to go and switch off the life support system and kill the patient these are all real incidents real incidents there was a case in australia where a, a patient goes into the hospital with two kidneys but he comes out with one kidney he doesn't even know that one of the kidney is gone why because greed this is the nature of greed lobo bahut chet sahab when we are covered with greed we don't see what is beneficial and what is not beneficial we tend to violate people's freedom when we are overpowered by greed and that's exactly what duryodhana is doing here so arjuna is saying i am not greedy they are greedy krishna they out of greed they are acting like that but i know i am not greedy and i don't want this kingdom why should i fight that is his argument now so there are just like greedy just one enemy within us just one anartha within us but along with greed there are six other enemies totally there are six enemies within our heart lust greed anger envy pride moha illusion so this six enemies called arishadwarya are there within our heart which covers our consciousness so what is bhakti doing what is devotional service what we are trying to do here by understanding the knowledge of the bhagavad gita is 
to destroy the enemies within. Most of the time, the enemies external are easy to deal with. You identify the enemies and you can somehow tackle with them. But unfortunately, we are not trained in the science of dealing with the enemies within our heart. Our enemies within, lust, greed, anger, envy, they are all covering our consciousness and they are not allowing us to see what is truth, what is reality. That is very unfortunate. It completely covers our intelligence. The function of the intelligence, buddhi, is to discriminate between right and wrong. But here what is happening? Because we are covered, our intelligence is not able to understand what is right and what is wrong. So unfortunate. So that is why Bhagavad Gita will help us to destroy these enemies within our heart. Extremely important. Very, very important. So, just like imagine, you go to some mental asylum. When you go to a mental asylum, sometimes there is a madman and he will be throwing some profanities against us, speaking against some ill words against us. If we, listening to those ill words and profanities, if we also react and we try to uh, hit back him in the same way, it is not good because we should understand and realize that person is a madman. Just because a madman is acting like that doesn't mean that I, a sane person, should act like him. So Arjuna is saying those people are like madmen who are greedy, who are behind this property and kingdom. Why should I? Why should I go and listen and do something and fight with these people? So that is what Arjuna is trying to tell us. I am not a mental man. I am not a uh, person with greed. No, no, not at all. So, instead of Lobo Pahata Chetasaha, instead of Krodo Pahata Chetasaha, instead of Kamo Pahata Chetasaha, we have to become Krishna Pahata Chetasaha. So, we have to shift our consciousness from greed to God, Krishna, from greedy consciousness to God consciousness. So, that is what Bhagavad Gita will do to us. We will get shift, we will have a shift of our consciousness from greedy. Consciousness to God Consciousness. That's very very important and that's what Arjuna is trying to tell you. Very very important. Okay, so now it's very interesting. Let's go to the next verse and let's understand from verse number 39 what is Arjuna further going to tell. Now he's telling that by doing all these things there is simple reaction. There is Gulakshaya that is going to happen and that sin I don't want to take upon my, my, myself. So that is what he is trying to say here. Gulakshaya Pranashyanti Gulakharma Sanatana Dharme Nashte Kulam Krishnam Adharmo Bhivavatyutaha Fantastic. Please repeat the translation. With the destruction of dynasty, the eternal family tradition is vanquished. And thus, the rest of the family Becomes involved in irreligious practice. Becomes involved in irreligious practices. Fantastic. Thank you so much. 
So this is another very interesting sloka, very very beautifully. If you see this Arjuna, he has a pakka flowchart. He is having a flowchart of his arguments. Very systematically, he is presenting his authentic arguments. Very high caliber arguments Arjuna is presenting here. Not an ordinary person Arjuna is. You see, he is talking about compassion, he is talking about uh, Kulakshaya, family destruction, he is talking about Papa going to hellish planets. So you see, he is quite intelligent, extremely intelligent. So he is presenting his argument in a very organized way. He is saying now in this verse, now if Krishna asks him, what if Kulakshaya happens, what if the family gets destroyed, no big deal Arjuna. Let's go and fight. No, 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 Arjuna. No, Krishna. If Kulakshaya, if the family is destroyed, then there will be irreligion and irreligion will rise. Why? Because the elders in the family will be destroyed. See, when there are no elders, to guide the younger generation, then there is a communication gap. And when there is no tradition that is going to follow, it is going to create a lot of chaos. And that's exactly what is happening in today's world. Because the elder, either they are separated. Now what's happening is, because of this uh, nuclear families, younger people, they don't get proper guidance from the elders. And gradually there is a diminishing of traditions, we are losing our culture and probably 50 years down the line, many of the wonderful things will be lost. Especially given the fact that we are seeing, even in our own lifetime, seeing the situation like Corona, which is already going to impact so many lives all over the world and they are already talking about the new normal. You can imagine the children who are going to be born in 2020. When they are born and 20 years down the line, they have no clue probably what we have experienced because the situations and the conditions have completely changed. So there is no proper dissemination of knowledge if there are no elders. So that is why it is very important that we have elders in our family, someone to guide us in our family. But today that guidance is not there unfortunately. Unfortunately many elders are separated. They are not with the people, not with the families. And that is a very dangerous situation. So whenever there is decline in religion, the next effect is there is rise in irreligion. That's why Krishna says in the future in the Bhagavad Gita, He says that Yada Yada Hidharmasya Gyanir Bhavati Bharata Abhidhama Dharmasya Tadatmanima Sajamiyam he says that whenever there is decline of religion, I will appear to again re-establish that religion and that's exactly what he is doing here. So this is the, the nature of this material world. See, there is sun, sunrise and sunset. When the sun sets, the whole world actually becomes dark. So, in order to lit up the whole world again, we need to have these artificial lights and so many things. But inherently, the nature of this material world is very dark. 
there is no light here by any by inherently it is dark that is the nature of this world there is a, a principle of entropy in science if somebody has heard uh, science there is a entropy principle entropy means if there is no constant monitoring of a certain system it will degrade and it will it will decline anything if it is not maintained it will decline so that is the inherent nature entropy is a very natural system if there is order and if that order is not maintained gradually it will turn into disorder so that is what is uh, uh, entropy and that is how degradation happens in this world and what is he saying here kuladharma sanatanaha kuladharma so let us understand this kuladharma what is kuladharma kuladharma means see basically the whole society the vedic society was divided into varna and ashrama the whole society was divided into varna and ashrama there are four varnas and there are four ashramas what are the four varnas the four varnas are brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra four ashramas are brahmachari ashrama grihastha ashrama vanaprastha ashrama and sanyas ashrama so varna four varna and four ashrama this is how the society was divided perfect society krishna explained this and we will die deeper into this society how scientifically this varnashrama was a very much integral part of the society but today unfortunately people misunderstand this varnashrama they think this is caste system no no it's not caste system. this uh, is not a conventional understanding what we have about caste system brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra uh, we will definitely touch upon this point so kula dharma if there are no elders then the kula dharma will decline so that is what arjuna is trying to put forward and explaining to krishna that each one of us who are supposed to perform a certain dharma based on my varna that will decline let us understand what is dharma there is a misconception about this word dharma many times we take this word religion the english word religion is actually not equivalent to the word sanskrit word dharma if you open the dictionary and see the word religion it says it defines as a kind of faith religion means it defines as a kind of faith but that is not what religion is because the faith can be changed Today I am a Muslim. I can become a Christian. A Christian can become a Hindu. A Hindu can become a Christian or a Muslim. A faith can change, but whereas Sanatana Dharma means it is our eternal, it's a constitutional position. Let me explain to you. The real meaning of Dharma means it is a inseparable, integral part. of a substance if you take fire for example when you take fire a fire has two properties fire emits light and fire emits heat so heat and light 
are two integral inseparable parts properties of fire has any one of you have any one of you seen fire which does not produce heat and light no wherever there is uh, fire there has to be heat there has to be light there cannot be fire without heat and light so that is integral inseparable quality similarly you take sugar you take sugar and you taste it it is sweet have you tasted a sugar which is not sweet no sweetness is the integral inseparable part of sugar without sweetness sugar has no meaning so similarly all of us we are not this physical body we are the spirit soul so as spirit soul as atma we also have an inseparable integral part property which cannot be separated from us that is to love and to serve every living entity is serving and it is loving so to love and to serve is actually dharma of the soul of the spirit soul that is the definition of dharma to love and to serve you take any living entity any sentient being it has this nature to love and to serve you take even the wildest animal the tiger or a lion even they express love to their own cubs even they want to express and show their love so love is there to serve every living entity suppose if you have a pet a pet dog the dog expresses its love to the master at the same time it serves the master by protecting the home so loving and serving is integral part of each and every living entity even the politicians they all say right in the bhashan big big talks they say hum aapki seva mein hai of course they say that hum aapki seva mein hai but they don't do real seva that is another thing but then the tendency to love and to serve that is real dharma of the soul so now when arjuna is saying that kula dharma sanatanaha it's a misconception because kula dharma is not sanatana because this brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra brahmachari grahastha vanaprastha sanyasi is all related to this body it is not related to the soul so body is temporary anything to do with this body the dharma related to this body is also temporary it is not sanatana so this is misconception but arjuna is saying kula dharma sanatana this is a very very good catch so what arjuna is saying is they are all kings and family members we should not kill them because they will destroy the family tradition but he doesn't know that these very same people this brother duryodhana and party they are actually irreligious they are adharmic people 
and such adharma has to be uprooted by re-establishing, by destroying these people and re-establishing Yudhishthira, Dharmaraja as a king. So that is what Krishna wants to do here. But Arjuna is now completely defocused from dharma. He is thinking that all this Pulak uh, dharma, this so-called dharma, Brahmana, Shatriya, Vaisha, Shudra will get destroyed. He is concerned. His concern is valid. But it is incomplete. It is a correct contemplation that he is doing, but it is incomplete knowledge. So that is what we should understand here. We should learn how to replace our temporary religions and establish our real religion of loving and serving. And especially when our loving and serving attitude is directed to the Supreme Lord, that is the perfection of dharma. That is the perfection of our existence as spirit souls. We should learn how to love and serve the Lord. Very interesting. Okay, so now this uh, the next word he will continue and very beautifully is now explaining how family traditions, the destruction of family traditions, will result in so many different consequences, unwanted consequences. Let us understand this very beautifully. Adharma Vivava Krishna. Pradushyanti kudastriya Pradushyanti kudastriya Strishu dushta tu varshneya Strishu dushta tu varshneya Jayate varna shankara Jayate varna shankara Fantastic. Please repeat the translation. When irreligion is prominent in the family, O oh Krishna, oh Krishna, the women of the family become corrupt. The women of the family become corrupt. And from the degradation of womanhood, and from the degradation of womanhood, O oh descendant of Krishna, O oh descendant of Krishna, comes unwanted progeny. Comes unwanted progeny. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, this is a very sensitive topic, a very sensitive argument that Krishna is putting forward here, uh, Arjuna is putting forward and uh, we need to understand this in a proper context and it is very important to know this shloka in a proper perspective. So here he is saying that there is Kula Dharma, when there is Kula Dharma, Kshaya, when Kula Kshaya will happen, destruction of the family happens, then Adharma will increase and when the Adharma will increase, then the women in the family becomes degraded. See a very thoughtful thing Arjuna is putting forward. Now some of you must be thinking how that is possible, how is that possible? According to the Vedic tradition, women were always protected by men. When a girl is unmarried, she is protected by the father. When a girl marries, she is protected by the husband. And then later women 
are protected by the grown up children now being protected doesn't mean that women in the vedic times were weaklings they were not weak they were extremely powerful very chaste so we should not think oh to protect women because they were weak no it doesn't mean that women were weak we have wonderful examples of very strong women we have an example of kekai kekai was a shatrani she was a very powerful queen in fact she helped dashratha to win the war when she became a charioteer of dashratha and when the wheel was coming out kekai she put her fingers in middle of the wheel to ensure that the wheel doesn't come out can you imagine that is how powerful she was we have kunti kunti a very very powerful lady so we have a very strong vedic women so women are protected that means they are not weak protection is not just offered to people who are weak but we offer protection when something is very precious women were considered very precious in vedic culture so we protect something that is very precious suppose in your home there is a rag something very invaluable you don't think of protecting that you just throw it in the dustbin but if there is a valuable jewel if there is a diamond that is fallen on the floor oh you will be very alert you will immediately take that and protect that diamond why because the diamond is very precious so women were protected in the vedic culture that is because they considered women to be very precious our vedic culture represents the women in our vedic time represent shakti tatva so they are not weak it's a misconception many times people have this and they try to impose this ideas and that is why lot of confusion is there in the society today in fact in vedic time women they serve as a source of inspiration to men women are actually the source of inspiration to men but then it is all degraded these days unfortunately so if that is the case then why are you like speaking like this yes because there will be people men who may take undue advantage when women are not protected it's very important understanding women or this totally degraded today in the name of women empowerment actually this very term women empowerment is incorrect why women have to be empowered they are already powered they are very powerful this women empowerment that modern people talk about is incorrect thing women are not weak that they have to be empowered no but then in the name of feminism today so many feministic ideas are coming and that is where the degradation is happening in the name of giving freedom they are snatching away the freedom of women in fact they are exploiting women in the name of feministic ideas today that is very very unfortunate men are exploiting women in the name of feminism giving them so called so called freedom and exploiting them and women are thinking oh yes we are getting more freedom let us also imitate like the men no there is a difference between men and women 
the psychophysical nature of a man, the psychophysical nature of a woman is completely different. If we try to artificially see man and woman on an equal platform, it is not going to work. It will only create exploitation and lot of dangers to women. And that is exactly what is happening. There is equality only at the level of the soul, not at the level of body. But today this feministic idea, feministic movement is propagating such false ideas. And that is why modern women are more depressed. They are very anxious. There is a lot of fear. There is a lot of insecurity in women today in the society. That's because they are unprotected. They are not protected properly. It's a very sensitive topic. Very, very important to understand. So, we should learn that this degradation of women can lead to a very dangerous consequence. A very, very dangerous consequence. What happens when women get polluted? When womanhood, when womanhood becomes polluted, it actually is directly impacting the motherhood. It's a degradation of motherhood. I'll tell you, motherhood is degrading in the modern times because of three reasons. Three symptoms. One is, number one, contraceptives. Second, abortions. Second, third, burden. I'll tell you what is the burden of children. Number one, they just want sense enjoyment. Man and woman, they just want sense enjoyment. They don't want to take responsibility. That's why they take contraceptives. And that is the number one reason motherhood is getting affected, degraded. Number two reason, abortions. We are so worried about today people dying of corona. But never it has been addressed in the news or anywhere else. The media never talks about abortions. Millions of children, even before they see the sunlight, they are killed in the mother's womb. And that never makes to the headlines. So many millions of children are dying across the world within the mother's womb. If mothers are so uncompassionate, so merciless, how can we expect peace in this world if mothers themselves are killing their own babies? So abortions are on the rise but never comes to the media, attention of the people. So unfortunate, so unfortunate. And the third reason, even by chance, if the child takes birth, the child is neglected. The parents don't take care of it. There are so many children in the so-called advanced nations like US. Many children are born and single parent, they cannot take care of the children. They are just left alone. So many children in the world being born to parents are not taken care of by the parents. They are neglected. And when such children grow, what will they cause in the society? Only destruction and disturbance. So that is what he is saying that there is destruction of motherhood. Mothers are supposed to take care of the children. If a woman does not become a doctor, no problem. If a woman does not become an engineer, no problem. If a woman does not become an astronaut, no problem. If a woman does not become a mother, it's the biggest problem because it is something that cannot be replaced. A doctor can be replaced, an astronaut can be replaced, but a mother cannot be replaced. And that is what is happening today. Mothers are not paying attention to the children. They are just left in the daycare. 
Every street is filled with daycares, so many daycares. And why they are putting the children in the daycare? Because they want to earn money, they are busy earning money. They have to take care of their needs and so many things. They are earning money. And these children, when they grow up without the affection of the children, about, about their parents, affection for the parents, the same children, they will put these old people, their own parents into old age homes. And they complain, oh, they are not taking care of my, my children are not taking care of me. Why will they take care of you? When they needed your attention, you put them into daycares. You are busy earning money. Now it is their time to earn money. They will put you into old age homes. So this is what is happening. This is the disparity that we are seeing. So that is why there is loss of motherhood. We have to take responsibility. We have fantastic examples of Jijabai. What a contribution she created. A king like Shivaji Maharaj. Being inspired by the mother, she became, went on to become a very great king. We have so many wonderful women who have set wonderful examples, who have created kings, who have created great saints in this wonderful Bharata Varshir, Bharata Bhumi. That is the quality of mothers that we have. But today we don't have such mothers who can create leaders. And that is what Arjuna is saying here. Varna Sankaraha. When what will happen is unwanted population. Many people think that population is a problem. No, population is not a problem. In fact, Mother Earth has the capacity to maintain 10 times the present population. Mother Earth has the capacity to maintain many, many more people than the present population. It is not the problem with population, but problem with bad population. Good population is welcome, no problem. As long as we have wonderful, great population, it is needed, no problem. So population is not a problem, bad population is a problem. Vandasankara is a problem. And why Vandasankara is happening? That is because people do not follow Garbadhana Samskara. The very first samskara in a human being is Garbadhana Samskara. The art of conception, the science of conception. This was followed in Vedic times. When a husband and wife, they come together, they unite, they simply don't produce children like cats and dogs. There is a samskara called Garbadana Samskara. And what is this Garbadana Samskara? They attract a very pious soul. It's a science. I can take a, we can definitely discuss about this Garbadana in some other future session. But it's a beautiful science. How you can attract a beautiful soul in the universe? Who are waiting, a lot of good souls are waiting. But there are no good parents who can attract such great souls. So, there is no Garbadana, all unwanted population is coming and what happens when such people come into picture, into this existence, they create a lot of disturbance. My dear listeners, devotees, please understand, in a classroom also, when the teacher is teaching to students, 35, 40 students, sometimes there are 60, 70 students, if all the students are very well behaved, and they do their work, their studies very well, absolutely no problem. The teacher is happy to have more and more such students. But if there are students who create a lot of nuisance and distraction and disturbance, such students are not required. Similarly, Mother Earth also, she wants a lot of good population to come in. Population is not a problem. She can handle it. But she doesn't want population that creates disturbance. 
when people are hiring into companies if you hire a wrong person what a disturbance it will create in your whole team so it's very important when we hire people into our project or our company or our team we need to hire the right person one incorrect person coming into your team can create a lot of problems so that is why arjuna is concerned about varna sankara unwanted population that will come because of the degradation of women and that will create chaos that will create chaos what chaos that let's understand in the next shloka very beautifully arjuna is explaining why this unwanted population is not required and if they come what they will create let's see that so shloka number 41 शंकरो नरकाए बाकुल ज्ञान कुल से पतंती पितरो ये लुप्तपिंडोदक्रिय Let's do that once again. Sankaro naraka eva. Kulak nyanam kulasya cha. Patanti pitaro yesha. Lupta pindo dakkriya. When there is increase of unwanted population, a hellish situation is created, both for the family and for those who destroy the family traditions. In such corrupt families. There is no offering of oblations. There is no offering of oblations of food and water to the ancestors. Of food and water to the ancestors. Thank you so much. Thank you. So here again a very very interesting uh, point made by Arjuna. You can see the sequence in which he is speaking. So there is. Uh, kulakshaya family gets destroyed and because of the family gets destroyed family traditions get destroyed because of family traditions getting destroyed the women will get corrupt and because women will get corrupt then there is the unwanted population and when there is unwanted population lupta pindo dakat kriya so there is completely that pindolaka is a very important aspect in the vedic tradition and uh, you take any uh, shastra they somehow they touch upon this aspect of shraddha when somebody passes passes away we do shraddha pindolaka we offer the pindolaka so it's a very beautiful sign again what happens is uh, to some extent we know that how a soul comes into being you know 
when uh, the man impregnates a woman and the development of the baby in the mother's womb and uh, the baby finally comes out you know we know to some extent that this is how the creation comes into existence but what happens after that the process what happens after that the time between death and birth what happens after you die and what happens before you take the next birth that is very beautifully explained in garuda purana and that is where this pindodaka kriyaha when that is why anteshti we perform anteshti samskara which is the last samskara so there are 16 samskaras that we need to follow as human beings the very first samskara is garbhadana samskara which i mentioned earlier and the last samskara the 16th samskara is the anteshti samskara so pindodaka pindadana they do it's very important just like there is brahmanda the external universe this body is also called pindanda brahmanda pindanda it's a minute universe so whatever is there in the external universe it's all there within this internal human body also sometimes we will discuss this in detail but it's a very beautiful concept so the whole universe can be represented by our own body everything is there within our body also so we will understand this in deep it's a beautiful science so here arjuna is saying oh pindodaka will be ignored because all these irreligious people will take birth and they will forget that they have to offer oblations to our ancestors because what happens after that many times our ancestors may be suffering into some hellish planets or they may be uh, in ghostly forms it's very much possible so what happens is when we offer pindodaka when we do this shraddha by offering this uh, krishna prasadam to our ancestors these ancestors who are suffering in the hellish conditions they get elevated they start achieving higher and higher planets so there is something called as pitra devata so this pitra devata their department is to ensure that whatever you offer goes and reaches to our ancestors sometimes our ancestors may have become horses because after that we don't know according to the karma they must have become horses so what happens is when you do shraddha on that particular day they will get very good grass the horse will get a very good grass that day that is how it's all connected we are living in a very interconnected universe everybody is interconnected here we just don't understand that just like internet is connecting all of us now there is a system created by krishna by which everything is interconnected so anyway so what happens is if there is no pindodaka kriya then they will not be elevated to higher planetary systems actually a sun is supposed to offer his pinda pindadana shraddha to his ancestors putra putra the word putra means one who takes his ancestors out of the hellish planet called put so there is a hell called put where our ancestors reside if they have done some uh, uh, impious acts then they are put into that condition of hellish planet called put putra trayate one who takes the ancestors from that put hellish planet is called putra that is the duty of a putra a son's duty is to ensure that he elevates his parents from the hellish conditions 
If he does not do that, then he is equal to Mutra. Putra and Mutra, they come from the same organ. If a son cannot even do this Shraddha, cannot take care of his parents, then he is as equal, he is equivalent to Mutra, urine. That is what Shastra says, not my words. <laughs> so don't feel offended. But this is what it is. It is what the truth is. Shastras don't compromise. So as a son, it's a responsibility that he needs to take care of his ancestors. And that is what Arjuna is worried. If these people come, they don't take, they will not take care of their ancestors. So we, as uh, I told you that we are all in an interconnected uh, universe, we are indebted to different people. Our whole existence is not simply on my own effort. Oh, I will lead the way I want. No. There are many people who ensure that our life becomes peaceful and they are working for our happiness. For example, very beautifully it is explained in the Shastra, as human beings, we are indebted to Devas, the Devatas. Why they are indebted? Because they are supplying rain, they are supplying food grains, they are supplying water, they are supplying air to us for us to breathe. So all these different things are provided by the Devatas. So we are indebted to them. We are indebted to the Rishis. Why? Because Rishis have given us wonderful knowledge of the Shastras. On our own we could not understand the universe completely. But by the understanding of the Shastras we can understand the world very beautifully. So Rishis have given this knowledge. So we are indebted to this Rishis also. Then we are indebted to Guru. Because one, he is the one who is going to give us knowledge. We are indebted to the Guru. Bhuta, we are also, we are indebted to living entities. There are many living entities like honeybees. Honeybees, we don't produce honey. They work so hard. Every day they are flying miles and miles and miles collecting nectar from flower after flower after flower. And they are collecting honey for us. We human beings just go and extract and take and nicely enjoy the honey. Is it not? Silkworms. We are wearing nice silk saris and silk clothes. We are not producing the silk. Silk is produced by the silkworm. We are indebted to all these different living entities. So, then we are also indebted to our pitras, ancestors. Why? Because from our ancestors, we get good quality. We develop good qualities. Why? Because we are coming in great traditions. And that is why we can we have to repay our debts. That's why earlier in Grihastha, people were married. They used to do Pancha Mahayagna every day, every single day, satisfying all these different five categories of people. That is required. As a Grihastha, one is supposed to offer sacrifices to all these five types of people. So there are Devatas, there are Rishis, there is uh, living entities, uh, there is Guru, and there is Pitra Devatas, ancestors. To whom we are in indebted, very very important. And then very nicely Prabhupada is explaining in the purport of this particular sloka, he is saying that that if one is surrendered to Krishna, one who has completely given his life in the service of Krishna, then he is not obligated to any of these five people. Very beautifully he says that Devarshi Bhutatta Nrinam Pitranam Nakinkaro Nayam Rinir Charajan. Sarvatmanaya sharanam sharanyam gato mukundam paririkti kartum. 
So it is said, anybody who surrenders his life to Mukunda, Mukunda means one who uh, gives liberation. So if you can surrender yourself to Mukunda alone, then you are not obligated to perform any of these things. But if you are not surrendered to Krishna, Mukunda, then we have to do all these things. We have to offer our shardas, we have to offer our pindodata, all these traditions we have to be followed, we cannot compromise. So, these are so many beautiful things uh, Krishna uh, Arjuna is explaining here, his uh, logical thinking, his very uh, organized uh, confusion that we mentioned earlier and he is saying Varshneya, earlier he mentioned Varshneya, why is he mentioning Varshneya? Because he is saying that uh, my dear Krishna, you know, uh, all these people, you are coming from a great Vrishni family, dynasty. So, uh, let this Kulakshaya not happen. The destruction of the family tradition should not happen. That is his concern. Very, very important. So, uh, uh, I, I, let me uh, uh, open up for some questions. I see there is some uh, section there. Okay, uh, Roma, I think I missed you earlier. Uh, next time, definitely, you will get a chance to chant the shloka. That will be very good. I am very glad that you are here today. And uh, she's quite young, but she still comes to the session. So I really appreciate that. She's trying to learn at a very young age. So this is so fantastic. You know, young children, when they come and understand the Bhagavad Gita, what an impact they can do in the society. They can create amazing impact. So I really appreciate that children are coming and I also appreciate her mother, Sunita Mataji, for letting her attend this wonderful session. Very nice. Okay, so let me take some session and if you have any questions now, you can feel free to ask me questions. So that will be very good. Let us have some interaction. That will be good for the next 10 minutes. Okay. So here, Dev Chandan has asked, in the Bhagavad Gita, as it is, for the explanation of Loka 1.38, it is written that Kshatriya is not supposed to refuse to battle or gamble when he is so invited by some rival party. Yes, exactly. Very good question. Yes, in the purport, it is explained, Prabhupada is explaining that as a Kshatriya, when he is challenged, to fight, he cannot refuse. Even when a Satriya is challenged to gamble, he's called for gambling match, he cannot refuse. And that was the confusion for Yudhishthira also. When he was invited for the gambling match, he could not refuse. And Yudhishthira had taken a vow that if anybody invites me for playing gambling, uh, to play chess, I'm going to not refuse that. So Satriya, they have that spirit. Kshatriya spirit is to fight. If a Kshatriya says, no, 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 I'll be very humble, I'm a saintly person, then it is not good, it is not accepted. Unfortunately, that is what happened in our India also. When Buddha came and then Buddha started explaining, uh, no, no, we should uh, accept uh, non-violence and uh, Ashoka came and he said, yes, I'm also going to follow non-violence and this non-violence was taken advantage this non-violence was taken advantage by the Middle East people, the Mughals who came and uh, they entered India and they started destroying our tradition. So that is why a king, king means he has to have 
that fighting spirit if he himself as a king cannot protect his citizens then what kind of a king is he so he is not a kshatriya kshatriya means that's why i told kshatriya means to protect to protect is the duty of the kshatriya if he doesn't fight then how can he protect in fact kshatriyas were allowed to go for hunting why because when they go and hunt and kill animals they have an experience of seeing blood they have an experience of seeing the flesh of killing and that makes them ready mentally ready to go and fight with people because they have to kill in the war they have to kill and if somebody has not killed even an animal if he simply goes to a war uh, he will be in a trauma he cannot do that he will run away from the war so that is why it is important for a kshatriya to accept challenges even a gambling match is a challenge but gambling match it was uh, basically played in a very nice playful way it was uh, even draupadi and yudhishthir as husband and wife they used to play gambling so that was okay but what happened in the gambling match especially with shakuni that was irreligious so gambling match with proper religious code is accepted and kshatriya should not uh, just like this uh, war is a dharma is a uh, is a war for dharma similarly gambling match which is in the code of dharma can be played no problem and we should not a kshatriya should not refuse so here what arjuna is doing is he is trying to escape from his dharma as a kshatriya so that is not uh, accepted i hope that uh, answers your question and then uh, i see chaitanya is asking it is very true that women are very powerful and highly potential but few hundred years back they are always made to stick to home and kitchen not allowed to study and even not allowed to go out so does it mean women during mahabharata time are given much prominence in the society as described and it is is it limited one varna like kshatriya during that time but now the importance is degraded and why this happened in due time and it is because of the jealous men okay good question very very interesting so here this degradation of our vedic culture began especially when there was this invasion by the westerners the britishers so about 200 years ago when the britishers started ruling india the britishers were one who started who developed this discrimination between the caste between the gender so there was gender discrimination there was caste discrimination all this started because of these uh, britishers who came and they are the one who systematically ensured that our vedic knowledge culture education is destroyed so it is definitely not that only women of a certain varna were given education no absolutely not even the vedic brahmana women were very qualified extremely qualified even the wives of the vaishyas although vaishyas and sudras they don't have to necessarily have education like brahmanas not required brahmanas were the intellectual body let me explain to you 
ब्राह्मण क्षत्रिय वैश्य शूद्र दे कैन बी रिप्रेजेंटेड बाय अवर बॉडीली पार्ट सुनाव ब्राह्मण रिप्रेजेंट द हेड क्षत्रिय रिप्रेजेंट द आर्म्स द वैश्य रिप्रेजेंट द बेली द स्टमक एंड द शूद्र रिप्रेजेंट द लेग्स नाउ इन द बॉडी फॉर द बॉडी टू फंक्शन all the different parts are important very very essential extremely important but if there is no head then nothing else will work in the body is it not so head is very very important so in the society the brahmana section the intellectual section the category is important but today we don't have that intellectual think tanks because no think tanks there is a lack of think tanks in the society today and the think tanks are supposed to guide the kshatriyas who are ruling who are the arms they are supposed to protect who are into administration so the administrators are supposed to be guided by the head and then the belly they are the producers they are the business class so each one of them the vaishyas they have two things vaishyas they protect the krishi and goraksha agriculture and protection of the cows that is the duty of the vaishyas they are businessmen they are producers and shudras they also have education their their education is how to help and assist the other three classes they have to follow the other three classes by doing that they are skillful people shudras mean they are very skillful people today our education system is creating only skillful people they are just creating people ready for the job market that is what education so most of the time our education is creating only shudras they are not it is not creating vaishya business class business people it is not creating intellectual class so that is the lacking in our education today our education is not making readers it is just making people follow another people that's all so that is not good so that is the lacking and we need to see that women were equally treated they were very properly treated and education was there in every system based on their varna this is a very deep topic we will definitely touch upon all these things as we progress in our discussion of bhagavad gita because these things are going to come in the future sessions and here lasya ji is saying what are the 16 samskaras okay uh, let me explain to you as much as possible Uh, also not in uh, sequence i don't completely remember the very first thing is garbhadana samskara and after garbhadana samskara there is uh, another samskara when the child is developing in the body uh, i'm just not remembering the name and then uh, there is a moment the baby is born then uh, there is this jata karma giving the name the, the karna vedana the piercing of the ears then upanayana the beginning of uh, education and then uh, there is the vivaha samskara the marriage and after my marriage uh, then there is uh, finally anteshti the uh, but before even birth four samskaras they happen even when the child is in the mother womb four out of 16 four or five samskaras they happen in the mother womb itself next week i am going to explain to you these uh, three all the 16 samskaras please remind me that i will explain to you briefly all the 16 samskaras so that is how 16 samskaras have to be followed by the people so vinod is asking can you explain how to do proper 
pinda so that we have to do our duty as the sun yes uh, yes that also we will take up in the forthcoming session because it's a topic in itself there are so many details but briefly i'll definitely explain to you about that also in the future session definitely and uh, what was the trigger for degradation of women in the society now in what time frame achutanji when you say that trigger of degradation it is in the modern tradition or in the older tradition if it is the current tradition then as i told you the trigger was the british rule when they came and started interpreting so many different things about our education and they destroyed yes you want to say something yes if you change happened when our education was attacked the gurukul system was attacked and that is when when you are totally bereft of what you are supposed to do from the education itself and the new concepts are brought in and we are being told that oh this vedic education is very inferior and what we are getting from british this education is going to make you very uh, uh advanced and uh, that system of education was attacked and that is how today's children have completely have no clue what is vedic education they have completely lost the touch of our vedic culture and tradition so that is a that is the trigger point the attack of uh, our education on our education so we need to revive our education system we need to now at least in these forums try to understand our vedic culture and try to implement at least in our own lives and then we can pass it on to our next generation so that it becomes intact and it continues so that is what we need to do so it's a great responsibility to pass on the knowledge it's extremely important just imagine otherwise it is lost so many beautiful things that we have lost in just last 3 4 decades so many wonderful things that uh, we could we were doing in the festivals those things we no more follow in the festivals today festivals were so colorful and so joyful but today festivals uh, have again degraded to so many things for example in maharashtra you see the ganesh chaturthi it is done with so much of pomp and glory but then the essence of that is gone so much of bollywood music and so many people are drinking and smoking and gambling so many things are happening in the name of ganesh chaturthi so that is not accepted so why that is happening because of lack lack of education so we need to revive and that is happening i see gradually fortunately there are a lot of uh, uh, people and organizations coming together and trying to inculcate and that is where prabhupad also uh, he was feeling so much for very culture and education he started gurukulas so we are trying to do as much as possible from our end to educate people in fact we want to start a school here in bangalore also so that children can benefit from this very culture and very so education is one thing that we need to definitely address and that's the core that's very important 
Spirituality means experience plus education. So we need to understand this. It's extremely important. Education is the core if you want to pass on this knowledge. So we have discussed very important things today, and I hope it was uh, uh, useful to you to understand certain basic concepts and very important concepts and arguments of Arjuna. And uh, next session. We will definitely complete chapter one. So uh, we are going to complete the very first chapter. So so exciting, and uh, we will also have some quiz. So after completing few more shlokas, we will have a quiz, and then uh, we will also briefly touch upon that uh, aspect of second chapter little bit. So next chapter, next session, we will definitely dive deeper into all those things. So that will be very nice. Thinking, I'll take your call very soon. Please stay online. I will definitely take your call. Yes. So, uh, any uh, any questions or anything that you want to ask, please feel free to. Uh, and anytime you have any doubts uh, while you are reading Bhagavad Gita, you can also please uh, touch base uh, with me personally. Also, you can call me or message me. Then we can have an interaction because I just uh, you know I have this interaction with you here, but I really don't know each one of you. So I think it's nice if we can also. I can know all of you. Although I have only spoken to Achyutan Ji, but I have not really spoken to each other of you. So, and I really thank all of you for wishing me Guru Purnima. Although I am not a guru or as such, but I am trying my best to just transmit whatever the knowledge that I have received from my spiritual master. That's the only credit. So I just want to share whatever I have got from my spiritual master. So, <clears throat> if any questions, you can feel free to ask me. Uh, if not, then definitely we are going to meet again. Next uh, Sunday, with uh, very interesting few more, uh, one more argument Krishna Arjuna is going to present, and that is in the next uh, chapter, second chapter. So we have uh, covered today uh, all the four different uh, arguments that Krishna Arjuna has presented: compassion, uh, then there is uh, enjoyment, self-enjoyment, and third is uh, destruction of the family, and then there is uh, there is uh, this. Uh, Varna Sankara that is going to happen, the destruction of the family tradition and sinful reactions of course, sinful reactions. So these are the four things that Arjuna has presented. It's all very valid, he's very contemplative, he's very intelligent person, but although he's intelligent, his intelligence is incomplete. So uh, yes, any questions please?